0: Hello and welcome to Tectonic, the podcast that revolves around the seismic shifts in technology, culture, and the digital age. You're listening to episode number 40. I am Joe Darnell, your host, and with me is my good friend, Joshua Pfeiffer. How are you doing, sir?
1: Good evening. Uh, It's a new year. Yes. Lots of new new stuff happening.
0: New stuff, left and right. Like that new uh, theme we just played for everybody. Yeah. Welcome to the new show, everybody.
1: New year, new theme. It's a lot of pressure. I mean it's very it's very high energy and yeah it's a, just a lot of pressure
0: more red bulls man you gotta listen to my coffee show and we'll tell you we'll set you straight with caffeine well, okay. how do you like the theme
1: uh, high energy lots of pressure that's that's my only <laughs> those are my two bullet points really see <laughs>
0: i felt like the other the other theme garnered just as much pressure it, it was more noisy too
1: yeah yeah i it's not my, my field of expertise so i will i will trust that that you did the right thing
0: I'm just going with my gut. I'm using the force. All right. Well, Cody Coates is with us. The, our special guest is Cody Coates from the Diagnostics and Usage Podcast. How are you doing, Cody?
2: Hi, I'm doing good. Happy New Year, guys.
0: Happy New Year to you. And what are you doing uh, these days? You're a developer, you know your way around the internet. You live out there in California. <laughs> are you in San Francisco?
2: I am. I'm in San Francisco.
0: Okay. H- how's it treating you out there? The weather changes. I hear that the temperature dropped. It's
2: raining now. Yeah. And it's really cold. <laughs> yeah. I uh, can't, I went and visited home uh, and it was cold there in Oklahoma for uh, Christmas and it was nice here when I left and I come back and now it's just raining all the time and cold. Uh, and that never
0: <laughs> happens. I know. Well, well the drought, maybe
2: the drought's finally over. Maybe.
0: Hmm. Maybe. Well, we all we had was rain all year. And now it's nice and cold and dry, and we're breaking out the humidifiers. That's what we do. And what do you, what do you think of the new music, Cody? It's, um, it's new to me. It's new to you, too.
2: I think the only thing is I wish we had like a TV show, because with that intro, I want kind of like a Stephen Colbert graphic. With you like holding a flag and yeah.
1: Well, Joe's a designer. He can
2: make that happen. There you go. That's what I was thinking. Joe, like hop on this. You need a a nice big graphic to go along with this. But the only problem is our our format here. It's not, you can do all the work, but (laughs) seeing as it's a podcast, there's not really any place for it. You know,
0: speaking of video podcasts, I actually remember a few of those back in the day. Have y'all ever tried one? Did y'all ever download one from iTunes?
2: Oh yeah, I used to do a couple. I listen to podcasts almost exclusively commuting and on the train or on the bus. uh, I always kind of felt socially weird holding like a video podcast. And I always just kind of wanted my phone in my pocket with a podcast playing. Yeah. So really, rarely have seen video podcasts unless I hear, hey, listen to this podcast. uh, I usually don't even dip my toe into the video podcast section.
0: Exactly. I I mean, by the time that they were made available, YouTube was already taking off. I don't think people thought of podcasts as video related. And even though it became a thing, I remember the iPod video was a, the only classic iPod I ever actually got. And I really enjoyed that thing. I watched. That was my first iPod. (laughs) That was my first Apple product. Okay. I watched the whole first and second seasons of Lost on it. You can imagine yeah, <laughs> that old screen and using the old white earbuds. But yeah, I, I got a couple of video podcasts and I ran into the problem that I wanted to just listen to the audio. But then if the screen went to sleep, it actually shut off the podcasts. And yeah, I don't think they ever really thought that through. And I'm, I'm kind of glad that they're gone.
2: Yeah. Well, there's things like Twitch that have come up and YouTube channels that just serve that purpose so much better.
0: Now, Twitch, I've heard of it, but I've never used it. What is that?
2: um it's really it's used in like the gaming community and essentially you just set up a webcam and play video games and there's a little chat room and yeah
0: and they they belong to youtube now is that
2: right uh amazon bought them amazon Oh, okay interesting now
0: are you a gamer cody
2: i am i am a big gamer yeah what do you like uh did you get anything for christmas uh no i didn't i have been obsessed with civilization 5 for the past i don't know six months really i've been playing the crap out of it um (laughs) and it's a five-year-old game so
0: (laughs) my younger brother just got that on a steam uh, operating console and i don't know what the console's called steam uh, machine yeah. yeah he's got that and he's playing that at home he's got that and he also plays it on my mac every now and then that was actually what hooked him on the game i have it on my mac but i've never played it
2: <laughs> uh it's one of my favorites i have put in i think last time i checked on steam it was close to 300 hours oh, oh, that They game. give
0: you the statistics <laughs> awesome. yeah steam
2: steam lets you know how long you've played every game so i have some <laughs> games that are like two minutes where i tried it and didn't like it and then i have right next to it uh sieve where i've put in you know 300 hours <laughs>
0: that's awesome Well, Cody, uh, let's see here a little bit more about you. Like I mentioned already, you're the co-host on the Diagnostics and Usage podcast. You know, Joe Coyote, our mutual friend. Y'all worked together back
2: in the day in New York City? Yeah, uh, we worked at Apple Store, West 14th Street. That is our Apple alma mater. Um, We worked together for about two and a half to three years. And the entire time, every day, we would come into the break room and we would both just immediately start gossiping about Apple news (laughs) and Apple rumors. And we always wanted to do a podcast, but when you work at Apple, you can't really be talking about Apple on the internet. And so uh, we never did that podcast while we were working there. But then uh, I moved from New York and he got a new job. And so we started up a podcast and we're actually hitting our one year this week for diagnostics and usage.
0: You know, I think that it comes much more naturally. You were saying earlier before the show that you're not much of a writer, so you don't blog. And it's much easier to get into podcasting. If you, if you feel creative, if you got something to talk about and you find the right people, it's just much easier to to, to discuss these things than to uh, sit with a blank screen and, and try to t- make some words up. And you just feel like you're talking to the void when you're, when you get started blogging and I I don't understand how I ever made it through. I pushed through so many times I should have quit. I'm still blogging. But uh, these days, I I feel like podcasting is just such a natural fit. And I I don't really understand why I ever blogged.
2: Yeah, uh, about six months ago, I started to write a blog post, my first one. And I was just writing it, and I, I... I was just like, you know what? I, I'm just not going to do this. I'll just talk about it on Thursday on the podcast. <laughs> exactly. And uh, the same thing happened this week. Where I was like, man, I have this great idea. I should write it up and put it out there. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just talk about it on the podcast. It's a whole lot easier.
0: But, but if you're going to, if you feel the need to blog anything, you always got Twitter storms. And exactly. And
2: soon. Well, I'll have 10,000 characters. Yeah.
0: I know. You won't even need to do any of the notes, screenshots for that. So problem solved. Thanks, Jack? Ah, uh, it's crazy, right? I, I don't like this idea. Like, so many other people are saying, why couldn't we just get the feature to edit our 140 character limited tweets? And I, 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 I mean, there's so many other
2: features. Not have usernames count toward tweet length, not have URLs count toward tweet length. Like A- And images. There are so many things that they could have done.
0: Exactly. It's just obvious, low-hanging fruit, man. Just, uh... No one was thinking, I mean, even if you wanted to increase the the character limit, why not increase the character limit from like 140 to 256? Like Uh, (laughs) what was that network we used app, the app uh, network for a while?
2: Uh, app.net app.net. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. i really liked that idea of 256. Anytime I sat down to write something, I could usually fit it in there. And nowadays I still find myself editing down for the character limit until I
2: decide to just turn something into a tweet store. Me and some co-workers were actually arguing about this <laughs> or, uh, yesterday when uh, Twitter news broke of, and I said, you know, some were saying, oh, it shouldn't be 10,000, that's too many. Maybe it should be like 240 or, and I was like, you know, 140 is an arbitrary number and 10,000 is an arbitrary number. <laughs> and since they're both arbitrary numbers, one can't be better than the other. No. And so if, you know, if they just throw out, you know, why not 145 or 208. Uh, it, the number really doesn't matter, right? And it's just how people use it. And so if you just took away the limit and just let people typed whatever, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to change anything because there is already a culture of how you interact on Twitter and you have tweet storms and things like that. And, you know, you can actually make kind of writing style choices of how you want to get your argument across of, oh, do I split this sentence put it in the same tweet or put it in another tweet or whatever. So, you know, I don't really think it matters if they changed or not. It's just frustrating that this and with moments and all of the other things that it seems like Twitter has done this year are things that nobody who uses Twitter wants.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, 10,000 character limit, just think about it. That's a small book. And I don't think anybody's going to want to read anything that approaches a thousand characters. So it's like a joke, right? I think in a month after the feature is made available. It's not available right now, right? I don't think so. Okay, because when it does come out, I think it's gonna be a novelty for a day. We're gonna see a lot of people who like uh, copy and create outrageously long emoji tweets, 10,000 emojis of balloons and the like, and then it's gonna be over and then by the end of the year, what we're going to be thinking about is that it's just like an unlimited character limit. Exactly. Yeah, we're not going to perceive it as 10,000 limit. We're just going to perceive it as a... Well, you know, I say... uh, We will perceive it as unlimited and it seems extreme because 10,000 characters, I compared it to a small book. That's really not like a small book. I was thinking about 10,000 words. 10,000 characters. That is shorter. I wonder how many words that would average out to. Five. (laughs) <laughs> five words. Five words. <laughs> this is pretty serious words. I You need to show me your dictionary.
2: Well, I think it comes down to probably a lot of investor and money talk around they need to put, they're being probably pushed internally in certain directions from investors. And so things like moments, which I don't know if you care about, I don't because I don't even use a Twitter app. No. I just looked at it today. It's it's useless. The only time Twitter opens is when I open a link to a tweet, and I have no choice to say open Tweetbot <laughs> instead.
0: Exactly, and it happens all the time. And as soon as I'm done looking at whatever I needed to see, then I quit the app and I go back to Tweetbot. Yeah, because it gets some of the notifications that I just don't get in Tweetbot. It's usually when something starts the trend, and like five or six friends all like something at once and start tweeting it. Then it's like, oh, you might want to check this out. And it's like, okay, well I'm just taking out the trash. What is this? And I'll stop look at that and oh okay that was interesting lock it retweet it and then close the app and get back to work
2: yeah i think they um like the twitter moments i think was a clear thing for getting sponsored ads in right you know if there's something happening just even like the oscars right like you can get people to pay to be in a twitter moment stream for an event like that um and i think the same kind of thing with uh the extended character limit of it opens them up to kind of this blogging type thing. So news media outlets can be putting more out there, generating more. So yeah, it doesn't really seem like it's geared towards the users. But uh, I mean, we can't be that angry because isn't it the most frustrating thing when you have a tweet and it's 142 characters? Oh, it is. And you just want to hit send and there's just that negative two right there and you can't do anything about it. I just wonder how many people are going to get sloppy,
0: you know, not edit anything, and just you know, ramble. You can't edit anything, or are they going to do something where <laughs> they like uh, produce a threshold of like four or five lines and then click here to load more? I wonder if it's going to get to that point.
1: I, I thought I had read that they were only going to display the the one forty, but then you you would have to click to to see the rest. All right. So I think that 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 should that should uh, minimize the the damage.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. That's exactly what
1: should happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> limited. Yeah. It's still, so it's still limited to 140 characters, but then there's 9,000. And
1: you see a lot of, a lot of websites do that too, where, where you'll read a paragraph or two and then you have to click more to see the rest of the article. And I, I actually like that. Yeah, it is nice on mobile. It's great. Yeah. I mean, you, you load less, you know, if you're on, on a mobile plan, you're not loading as much data, that sort of thing. So it works. Exactly. And, and plus sometimes things just suck and you don't want to read
2: it. Just click back. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So enough about Twitter then, Cody. uh,
2: That was my 10,000 characters on Twitter.
0: Oh, okay. We'll we'll produce the transcript. We'll have that ready for you when the show comes out. You can just, yeah, paste it in there. So uh, Diagnostics and Usage,
2: congratulations to making it to episode 50. It's been a good year. Yeah, it's been a long year. I when the number starts getting that high, you think, have I really had this many weeks of talking to a microphone with Joe Coyote and uh, having people listen to it on their AirPods? Um, But uh, it's been really fun. I'm sure you uh, have had the same kind of enjoyment of a podcast of once you just kind of uh, start getting an audience and interacting with your audience and just putting out a show every week. It's really fun.
0: Yeah. And you get the ball rolling beyond episode 30. It feels more natural. Like the first 30 are really scary. You feel like you have something to say for the first 10, then you're, you're nervous about the next 20 and after that point, it's it's it just comes more naturally to you. So you're in your groove at this point, right?
2: Oh, I definitely agree. Like once you, around 20 is very weird of like, oh my gosh, are we gonna be able to, are we only gonna have like a five minute show? Or what are we gonna talk about? Oh, Apple didn't say anything this week. What, you know, what topic <laughs> can we come up with? And uh, Joe and I have kindly just fallen into this groove of, well, you know, if we hit an hour, we hit an hour. If we hit 32 minutes, It's 32 minutes, you know, we would rather say what we have to say than come up with something and try and, you know, pull and just kind of sit there talking about nothing really because we don't have anything to say. The idea for this podcast came out of us sitting at the break room at the Apple store gossiping about Apple news. And so that's kind of what we try and want to keep it as of like just me and him being two nerds sitting together talking about Apple news. And we've done 50 episodes of that.
0: And it's a good show, too, because y'all keep it related to what you're interested in, but the current events angle as well. And I want to talk about the things I'm interested in, but I I try to be uh, different in that. I I talk about the things that I'm interested in long term, more so than just uh, the the highlights from the news and the new products. So I listen to y'all show because y'all usually... Y- y'all remind me of like the Reader's Digest equivalent for the Apple news enthusiast. Yes. <laughs> because y'all, y'all actually just have the, the nuggets. Y'all have the simplest essence of the highlights from the news concerning the Apple community.
2: If you don't have seven hours to listen to Daring Fireball and you only have 40 minutes, then you can listen to Diagnostics and Usage and get all the Apple news that you need. Exactly.
0: Y'all normally put out the show Fridays or Saturdays. How does this work?
2: Uh, it's usually Fridays. We record Thursday nights and then uh, Joe edits it and usually tries and get get it out on Fridays. And, you know, if something happens, then Saturday is the next, <laughs> the next day.
0: All right. So then by the time that people have our episode and they're listening to this, they also can get to the latest episode of Diagnostics and Usage and they'll see the new cover art. Yes. Done by you, Joe Darnell. I'm really, I'm really happy with how that turned out. Actually. I I feel pleased. I I hope y'all like it too. Thumbs up, thumbs down.
2: Oh, thumbs up for sure. I know Joe and I both love it. I know we went through a million iterations and I am probably the pickiest person out of uh, all three of us when it comes to design and product things. And so I probably put you through the ringer with uh, every iteration. I was like, well, can we make the blue a little more blue or can we move this over (laughs) 10 pixels? They were all fair, justifiable (laughs) questions because you wouldn't
0: believe the kinds of things I get from my normal graphic design clients my gut was the same reactions. Like I I actually wanted a little bit more blue and I felt like at times, maybe I was getting away from the essence of the original cover art. And that's something I didn't want to do. I didn't want to make it feel like an altogether new show as though it was rebooted. But then I I got used to it while we were working on it. And I was like, no, this, this feels like this is the right conclusion. This is the right direction. And it's, it will look good up on the five by five network shows, so.
2: Yeah. um, Amongst all the other kind of, uh, five by five family, it does definitely fit in. And I think that our first logo, which was done by Joe Coyote and me and the same back and forth of Joe sending a design and me saying, Oh, well, can we move this over 10 pixels or, you know, uh, and doing that back and forth for ages, uh, that, it kind of felt uh, elementary. It was the beginning and this is definitely a next step for our podcast. Kind of like, hey, we've grown up, we've made it a year um, and we're here to stay and now yeah. we have this super classy new uh, cover by Joe Darnell.
0: And, and what episode do you remember? Did y'all join the 5x5 Network? It wasn't at the beginning.
2: Uh, no, uh, we joined, I think it was around episode 30 uh, when we joined 5x5 so that was a uh, yeah a few months ago. I think it was back in September. Joe and I have always been fans of Five by Five. I remember I've listened to all of Hypercritical on Five by Five. Five by Fives, where I started listening to podcasts first, and so it's great to kind of have this like homecoming uh, podcast experience of starting my own and then joining the network of where I first started listening to podcasts.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I love podcasting so much more than blogging. Again, is that over the years, you would read these blog posts about how to blog and how to be a successful blogger. And one of the key steps was, you know, generate community, build your community presence, talk to other bloggers, share posts. And I was like, uh, this isn't coming natural to me. Like, I don't know these guys and their consistency is not very consistent. And (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it it was, it was, it didn't feel natural at all.
2: Yeah. Consistency is definitely probably the hardest thing um, <laughs> of getting an episode out every week and not a lot slipping. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And Marco, our man was commenting on this recently, how whenever he puts out a new blog post, people get angry at him and they, they they take it the wrong way. They don't know when he's being sarcastic. They don't know when he is serious. They don't know when he is just spitballing and he's chewing on an idea and he wants to get it out there for positive feedback. And so if he blogs something, it gets attacked. But if he says essentially the same things on his podcasts, then people think he's smart and they appreciate his contribution to society. And it feels like that's true across the the board here with, you know, podcasters experiences. It it feels intimidating actually to get on the microphone, to talk to the internet at large. The void. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just wait to see what people think of it. But, you know, the listeners think you sound intelligent because you're talking into a microphone and you have the nerve to do so. But then when it gets beyond that and people actually think about what you said, they get a lot more from what you had to say. They understand your nuances. They understand when you were uh, being sarcastic. They understand when you're still chewing on an idea and you're fleshing it out. So they're right there with you and they can interpret a lot more of what you had to say.
1: Yeah. Again, why I don't blog. See, I think, I think the best, the best, uh, the best sarcasm is the ones the the sarcasm that makes people never really quite know. Sort of like right now, that awkward, like, is he
0: serious? <laughs> you know, speaking of sarcasm like that, Joshua, I actually have a hard time with this. A lot of times I think I'm being sarcastic and nobody gets it. My wife never gets it. And I'm like, oh, really? Come on. You know me better than anyone. Why don't you understand I'm being sarcastic? Uh, well, then so much for my theory about everybody understanding podcasters.
2: <laughs> you got to work on it. Yeah. Ten more episodes, you'll have it down. Mm. See, that was sarcasm too. <laughs> we, need, uh,
1: we need some sort of like... uh Little jingle that we can play right after sarcasm
2: Doo-doo-doo. like a uh spoiler horn yeah. it's a sarcasm bell <laughs> Patent, trademark it like i call dips well you know like
0: merlin's got his bell and the ATP's got their car horns in their car doors shut and stuff we can we can have the sarcasm ringer <laughs> well okay well let's talk about something that we wanted to discuss of uh, getting into the technology stuff one of the things that came across my internet connection was this article that you shared with me, Joshua. What is this from the Wall Street Journal?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not the best uh, article out there. It just happened upon it and it just had a lot of, kind of really big topics, I guess, that, that uh, you know, may not come in 2016, but, you know, just just some pretty interesting things, a uh, big picture and how, how tech is uh, really evolving in so many weird and interesting ways.
0: Yeah, like they say in the subtitle, it says gadgets, breakthroughs, and ideas we think will define the state of the art in the year ahead. And then these kind of articles uh, crop up on every website like every week, you know, in all different categories. They don't have to do with technology per se. Sure. This one did catch my attention because one of the themes I want this show to be about is – where do we see the state-of-the-art going? And we really don't really get to that very often because circumstantially the interests of our guests and the, the themes that are like present and weighing on our minds. So there, there's other topics to discuss and go deep into. But this is gonna be a macro level look where we just look at a lot of the things that are going on all at once. You know, CES is going on right now. CES is supposed to be this big event where they show off all the best and most interesting technologies going on like right now, but then it seems like everyone doesn't really enjoy CES. Has that been the impression that you got too, Cody?
2: <laughs> um, all of my friends, I have a couple friends uh, from college that are actually journalists now. And so they're at CES and their Twitter stream is just like, complain, 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 grumble, <laughs> grumble, grumble, people, people, people. Um, and I think that's what it is, is uh, CES has some cool stuff, but Everyone's been there so many years, and there's so many people, and you're just, you know, line after line after line. Everyone's fighting over power cords so they can get their story in, <laughs> and I think it's just become this kind
0: of—it's a monster of an event, yeah.
2: Annoyance for journalists, like no one wants to be there, but you have to be there because it's CES, and all of these things are being announced. Um, but cool stuff comes out of there. But I, every other tweet on my timeline is like. This thing announced at CES. This other thing announced at CES. <laughs> Do you care about it? No. <laughs> no, not
0: really. And the kind of things they have to share are not really all that new and different. They're not. They're, it's not like they're releasing the next iPhone like right there at CES and saying it's going to be available in all the Best Buys next week or tomorrow.
2: I can remember specifically yesterday there being at least three tweets about internet-connected ceiling fans. Uh, Yeah. Well, then let's get to some of the things that we do care about. The cool things. Yeah, I mean, this Wall Street Journal article has a really good summary of things that are on the verge of breaking into the consumer tech space. I think it was a great list of things that we might actually see instead of kind of the pie-in-the-sky things that CES produces.
0: Exactly. And they're the kinds of things that we already know that Apple's working on, but also Google and all the other tech companies in their own ways. And some of them may be viable products we just don't know yet, others that are much more in the experimental phase. You know, what it it brings to mind is that a few years back, when Apple made touchscreen devices, we all thought that everything was going to become a touchscreen device-driven product. And when the Kindles were becoming popular just before the iPads took off, I think the expectation was this is going to be big. This is something where it's going to put the book business out of business. Kindles are going to take the world by storm. And it looked like it was going that way, actually, for a little while. And even though it's a very successful product, I'm not saying that the Kindles were unsuccessful, but they kind of take over that they, we expected never came to fruition. What they actually did is they, they just joined the market for books. And there's always going to be those people who wind up just using the Kindle app on their iPhones. And then there are the people who buy the Kindles and they don't really get around to using them much, just like the books they have in their home library. That's me. And, and that's the kind of thing I think a lot of these other products are going to turn out like. Like people will buy the drone, they'll use it a couple of times, and then – it's it's going to be kind of like their BB8 toys, you know, they <laughs> it, it becomes a decorative I- item and something you show off to the guys when people come over, but then because it's a drone, right? It's not like something you actually, you know, use in the, the decor of your office as decoration. So do you keep it around, do you put it back in the box or
2: use for anything useful at
0: all? <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, yeah, it can move around and it's robotic and you can even get the app for it and it can follow you around and record some video. I, 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 but, and I still see a lot of potential here. Good use cases, especially for commercial use cases and for videography. Just think about all the great shots you can get. We're already seeing where drones are doing this. Videos are all over YouTube where people are getting some fantastic footage high up from getting the, the drones up there with cameras. But uh, I don't know if these kinds of things become commercially successful, consumer successful, and really change things in 2016.
1: I want one of these drones that will uh, follow my kids around so they can go play in the neighborhood. (laughs) How about that as a use case? Go, all right, guys, go play, and I'll just, you know, I'll watch you from my phone while I'm on the couch. It'll be great.
0: (laughs) Okay, but what if there's a problem? Do you arm your drone to attack people if you can't get there in time?
1: (laughs) That's in 2017, I think.
0: No, that's when you send your BB-8 out. That, that makes more sense. We're going to pass this off to Michael Bay. He'll, he'll show us how it's done in this next movie. <laughs> okay, well then, Cody, you begin with something you like from the list.
2: I'll just start at the top, virtual reality headsets. I am super excited about this. I cannot wait for Oculus Rift to get out the door. Um, Sony's, uh, what is it called? Morpheus, I think, the Project Morpheus from Sony. Yes that is going to be great because sony is the only company that's put out a polished game console um so i assume their vr is going to be equally as polished um and then or facebook's got this and then google's doing stuff i mean uh, samsung has stuff apple hasn't jumped in this ring yet um but everyone's making a virtual reality headset and For me as a gamer, super exciting uh, to finally have virtual reality and just the kind of crazy things that game developers can create and the experiences. I mean, Now, I don't know if you know this, Joe, but you can buy the kind of the treadmill that goes underneath and the gloves and in addition to the headset to go with the Oculus Rift. So you can just walk around in this virtual world and pick things up and it feel like you're picking these things up. I mean, it costs a couple thousand dollars and (laughs) uh, that's the big limiting factor for virtual reality is it's super cool. I'm super excited about it, but I'm going to have to buy a gaming rig for a few thousand dollars that's a pc plus the headset which is another 600 so there's all these it's a cash limit right now for virtual reality but man it's cool and it's gonna be cheap
0: and it's getting there
2: yeah give it two or three years
1: i mean the price will come down i really like the uh, uh, microsoft's Hololens. lens their augmented reality are you familiar with this yeah 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 i mean i I think that has a better potential because you don't get as quite as i guess uh disoriented. I hear there's a lot of kind of disorientation and things like that with motion sickness. Virtual, yeah. Yeah. Because
2: like your that. eyes are saying one thing and your brain's like, but I don't feel that That's, that has to be wrong.
1: <laughs> right. Right. But I think, I don't know, I, I really enjoyed watching a few videos on the, uh, the augmented reality. I think that could be really cool.
2: Yeah. I think Microsoft solution is great when you're not sitting on your couch wanting to play a video game or something. Yeah. Um, and when you're actually out in the world, having augmented reality would be is, of course, going to be much better than virtual reality where you have no vision except for the screens around your eyes. So I think that both will be able to play. It's just the companies behind them, are they going to play them the right way? Because Microsoft's been pitching it as, like, Minecraft in your world so you can build a little castle on your table, which is cool, but... The immersive experience that Oculus Rift is going to bring to gaming is going to have much higher potential for creativity and fun things you can do, but the HoloLens is much more practical in a day-to-day or even incorporated into an OS or, a, you know, daily jobs and things. Right, and I think that's a good good way to put it.
1: Yep.
0: The, the, the trick with well, the HoloLens will be be great applications. I can see where this is useful. I think it would be more of a novelty, though, for a lot of people where it's going to be difficult for me to imagine a lot of the practical applications. Like, like you were saying, Cody, th- there is the price point, right? So, yeah, you can get the price down for a single user, but what about additional users in your home? What about a household where you got two or three gamers, or in the company that wants to uh, set everybody up with their own company phones and company computers? Do they also start investing in hollow lenses for everybody who winds up you know uh, with a reason to use these applications, or does it become more of a specialty item that is used in uh, special industries? Uh, I don't know. I, I find it interesting. I'd like to see what happens in the first year because I think that that's how can they get this thing off the ground where, it's widely accepted and used, or is this going to fall like Google glasses where it's like, oh, okay, it sounds brilliant. We, we got some excellent examples of the, in demos of the software and how people could use this on stage. But then when you get it into people's hands, it's the sort of thing that only the nerdy celebrities online use for about a year. And then it fizzles out. <laughs> you mean a day? <laughs> yeah, not even Exa- exactly. Like, you know, I just wears it and woohoo. But then after that, it kind of tanks.
2: There was the famous glass hole term, right? Of how can you wear this piece of technology on your head without looking like an idiot and kind of seeming nose up in the air that, (laughs) oh, I have Google Glass and I can see things that you can't see, right? Yeah. Where companies balance that is where you'll see it hitting the mainstream. I think gaming's picking this up first for sure the next thing will be the consumer space apple will probably hop in there and then you'll i think once it's common enough then you'll start seeing it in uh the business space it's kind of the same with smartphones right or tablets only this past year have like I've seen people at work doing a job and they have an iPad, like at the airport gate agents are holding iPads with gate information or yep. having smartphones to ring out my, you know, cocktail on the plane. Yep. That came after everyone in my family had a smartphone and everyone I knew had a smartphone. So I think the same rollout is going to happen with the newer technologies, which is in contrast to things like in the 80s and 90s where you probably had a computer at home before you had a computer, or you had a computer at work before you had a computer at home. Exactly. And you were doing, you know, spreadsheet stuff at work and then you would come home and you didn't have a computer. Or you had internet at work before you had internet at home or school, right?
0: Exactly. Speaking of those things though that more the general public would take advantage of, another thing from the article that they highlighted was what they call the Wiser Messaging Apps. And this is the kind of thing that I would consider more practical for applications across a home and business, because everybody already has the Facebook Messenger app. I mean, come on, admit it. We talk about Twitter all day long, but we know that everybody has some kind of presence on Facebook. Right,
2: Cody? I don't. I don't have Facebook or the Messenger app installed. God bless you. That is amazing. <laughs> I think the last time I logged into Facebook was
0: two weeks ago. Cody! Oh, you're one of my, you're my biggest hero for 2016.
2: Hey, six days in, that's pretty good for me. For being a hero. Oh,
0: virtual high five. Yeah, I just, I'm not crazy about what's happening there these days.
2: Yeah, that's why I gave up on it. <laughs> it just,
0: what I find is I really don't like how the interface works. I don't like the algorithms. And there are people there that I care about. And that is the only reason I still have my account set up. I have never, I've never gotten angry at Facebook and just gone and shut down my account. But the reason I go there to check on anything is just to see what The others are saying that I care about like it's not it's not about me sharing something with them It's about me seeing what they have to share with me because it's it's kind of important, you know And that's like their main outlet. They're they're not going to use Twitter and Facebook So I find a lot of frustration because we have brilliant messaging apps like slack And I would love to see where slack is taking their messaging as a whole. It's it seems smart, it's savvy, it's intuitive, but it's also like a power user app and they're always adding interesting things to it every day. And then to contrast that though, you see what Facebook is trying to do with their messenger app and others are following suit where they build in their own little personal virtual assistant. And so they're going to create some competition for Siri in a roundabout way because you got Cortana in an app from Microsoft on iOS, right? Well, how many people are going to go open up the app to use the virtual assistant by herself and remember to go and use her when Siri is just a long press away or they're already in the Facebook Messenger app and there's a virtual assistant right there that's creepily
2: reading everything you type well the same problem exists for google now and the google app right yep i love this idea i want a wiser messaging app thing i just don't want it to be in facebook or anywhere i just want to be able to write text to siri exactly (laughs) because i i you know i'm at home or i'm at work where i'm on a or commuting and I'm on a bus or I'm at work and people are around me and I don't want to talk to my phone. but And so I miss out on the cool things that Siri can do. And just because I'm not going to walk down the street and talk to my phone out loud um, because I'm, I don't know, self-conscious about it or something or socially awkward about (laughs) talking to my phone while walking down the street. So I don't use, I rarely use Siri and I wish I could use her more to do things but there is this voice input limit and that is what's cool about these wiser you know quote wiser messaging apps is that it removes the voice input becomes a smart assistant with just text and funny enough i don't know why this didn't come before siri but for some reason we prioritize voice over text input
0: (laughs) that is one of the themes i noticed across all these updates in the article with all these new emerging technologies, it seems like one of the things is they remind me of the technology you see in the movie Wall-E, where everything just starts to blur the edges. Like, you're not exactly sure what is this app anymore? You know, it's a personal assistant in a messaging app. You know, like you don't think of a, if you were text messaging in 2008, you wouldn't think of that as a place where you would encounter a virtual assistant. But today it actually makes a lot of sense because if you're already there all the time, then you want your phone to be reading what you're writing and to be aware of what you're doing so that you can get that little blue link to go ahead and add the event to your calendar just to you know smooth things out and make things a little bit more efficient rather than have to go through the process of carrying it out over there and typing it all out for yourself. It just makes sense. And it's it reminds me of the world of Wally e where... Everything is one ginormous interface. It feels like one app that does it all. It it runs your automated levitating chair and your communications with your friends and you can play virtual tennis on the Wii right from the same interface, all (laughs) just in one space. I, I get that impression from this kind of solution.
2: The future OS is an OS without an OS of everything is just there. And there aren't really just, you have your content, right? Exactly. And everything else is removed. There's no menus. There's none of that. It's just your content.
0: There's no branding. There's no name for the app. There's no home screen with a bunch of app icons. It's all once
1: this thing. Like (laughs) we can call it DOS. (laughs) Joe, that's sarcasm. It's like all there. Everything you need, you just type. Yeah.
0: Okay, so everything just came full circle. Everything is going back.
1: Imagine DOS phone, right? I think they, I think Microsoft actually did a uh, did a video on that. I'll, I'll look into it, but I, it was like a spoof. But yeah, DOS phone that would be awesome.
0: Okay, well then, Joshua, <laughs> what's something from the article that piqued your interest? We got Chinese phones coming to market in the U.S. Doesn't that excite you?
1: <laughs> well, just on the on the messaging app, I, I think. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't get why I would want Facebook Messenger to book a restaurant for me. I don't I don't understand that.
0: Well, if you were talking about a dinner plan with your friend and it's already right there, don't you want the app to just be kind of like aware and make suggestions?
2: Hmm. Can't say I do. Or what if it was in the Messages app rather than being Facebook Messenger? It's just a, the infinity symbol is the phone number and you send a text message to it and it does what you want. Hmm. Mm, I guess I'll have, I, I can't quite visualize some of this stuff, Like obviously
1: booking appointments and things like that makes sense, you know? Uh, but yeah, I guess I'll have to wait and see on this one. Mm. Mm.
0: Well, can I make a suggestion then? One of the things I really did like from the article is the voice operated everything.
1: Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly where I was skimming. Yep.
0: Good, good, good. <laughs> yeah. It just sounds, it sounds ideal. That's what I've wanted for so long it's, I think it, it all began with Knight Rider. Just, you know, the idea of talking to your car, come on. (laughs) Of course. Talk to everything. Of course. And we're, we're seeing a little bit of this, like it seemed like a huge uh, misdirection a few years ago where we had the clap to, you know, activate the electronics around the house. (laughs) That was, (laughs) that was a bad idea. Did anyone ever see like a dog bark and then activate the lights or anything? I bet you it did. Oh yeah. But, but with something like Siri just throughout the house and throughout the car and at the desk at the office just everything you want to talk to to activate it so i like it like we're already seeing voice operated siri where i can be in the car hands free i don't have to press and hold the home screen button or anything i just say hey siri and then i give her some guidance direction oh i'm sorry i'm gonna have to cut that out too aren't i I should say, ahoy telephone. Well, you know, you say the magic words and Siri is already listening. You don't have to have her plugged in and that's great and that's that's ideal. I wanna see that from more electronic devices and I want it to be reliable and to know what you're saying when you're saying it. So I, I got a kick out of this yesterday, guys. I was just sitting at my desk and I read something on Twitter that drove me crazy and just in a flash, I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever read. And so I said out loud, are you serious? but I was just not talking to anyone really. And Siri sitting on the desk was listening.
1: I'm going to test it out right now. Are you serious? All right. My watch didn't do it. So I I believe you, but, but
0: okay, but here's the thing it did. Normally you have to say, ahoy telephone, and then she'll beep. And then, then you say a command and then she processes the command and it proceeds. In this case, I didn't say her name and I didn't give you know, ask her to pipe up all I said was, are you serious? To which Siri activated, heard what I said, and processed it and replied, I'm not allowed to do anything frivolous. <laughs> and I just thought that was kind of strange.
1: Well, I think it's the, obviously the serious uh, part sounds a whole lot like Siri, but yeah, a little creepy. Mm. I like where this is going as well. Big picture. I, I'm obviously talking to my TV now. I'm talking to my, my bedstand uh, lamp. I, I'm, looking forward to a little bit more reliability, which obviously is, is coming, you know, it's just a matter of time. But yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Just started to get into the home automation stuff a little bit. I can definitely see a, I will,
2: I will like that.
0: Interesting stuff. Well, Cody, anything else you see um, in this article that you like you want to highlight?
2: Uh, the only other thing is uh, the wireless charging for mobile devices, you know, wireless charging everywhere the solutions i've seen i have a coworker at work who has the uh samsung charging thing and it's just this ugly white hunk that has a cord running to the floor uh that sits on his desk and then <laughs> uh, he charges his watch on it and it sits kind of awkwardly on there it's not the right shape um and then I think a couple other solutions that have been out there are, there was like a mouse pad that would wirelessly charge your mobile or your wireless mouse, mm. but it has a cord attached to it. And so <laughs> yeah, I think right. uh, the mobile device, wireless charging, I really want to see Apple's solution to this of how they're, how are they going to do it elegantly? Clearly we're not going to see it with the latest Mighty Mouse up down upside down charging. Um, <laughs> so... I think that uh, probably the reason Apple hasn't hopped on this yet is because they haven't found a good solution. There are a lot of ugly, complicated, cumbersome, and not super efficient solutions to this. And I think that's why they haven't hopped onto it yet. But I'm hoping maybe that will be coming soon because I am tired of, I just went on back home for Christmas and I had like, a bag filled with cables i've got my watch charger and i've got an extra lightning cable and the regular lightning cable and the mac and just having all of those cords is super annoying
1: Mm,
0: yeah i know what you mean all the different accessories you got the unique ones for the computer the phone the headphones because they got to use mini usb and they can't be using the lightning cable everything's got its own unique thing too many things, too many charger cables. But, you know, there was that third-party solution for the Magic Mouse where you could put in some special rechargeable batteries, and then you would sit it on a base that you would situate on your desk, which would be plugged into the wall with a yeah a wire, and that would charge the original Magic Mouse for you if you wanted to invest in those uh, rechargeable batteries. And I, I like the idea. You can't actually pull that off with the Magic Mouse too because yeah, you... No batteries. <laughs> yeah, you can't replace, so... You're stuck with what you got. Well, check out the article. There's some other interesting things in here too. The idea of USB-C, or the latest state-of-the-art uh, solution that's on the new MacBook would become more prevalent, more popular, widely in use for more devices, which will nullify all of the USB device cords and ports you already have today. It's a good chance that more devices are gonna see the new standard in USB over the year. And another one would be the hopes and dreams of having wireless headphones and uh earbuds and truly wireless and a little bit more reliable than we currently see but like so many people are saying i just i have a hard time believing they can make it more reliable so quickly
2: let's hope for that uh bluetooth 7.0 next year
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i'm all down for that sign me up <laughs> all right well cody uh thank you very much good discussion and uh check out the article guys uh cody where would you like people to find you online
2: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at CP Coates. And I, like I said earlier, don't write anywhere. So uh, you can just read my tweet storms when I complain about Apple TV networking.
0: And be sure to listen to the Diagnostics and Usage podcast.
2: Yes, uh, that's 5x5.tv slash DAU. There you go.
0: Well, uh, thank you, Cody, for joining us. We'll have you back sometime. We'll talk more about Twitter and rant about all the evils of things that are happening in technology over the course of 2016 someday. It sounds good. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. This is going to be the end of Tectonic episode number 40. We're so glad that you could join us. If you enjoy the new musical theme, it's going to come on here in just a second. If you don't already have them, you can find the show notes with links at tectonic.fm slash 40. And if you're looking for us on Twitter, you know, Cody, like he uh, just said a moment ago, he's on Twitter. He is at CP Coates. You can get that link in the show notes as well. I'm underscore Joe Darnell, and my co host is Joshua Pyfer. Pfeiffer is spelled P E I F F E R. And the show is there as well. That's Tectonic FM. If you'd like to send us a private message, then email should go to hello at tectonic.fm if you don't uh, have enough in the 10,000 character limit. And if you want to do us a huge favor, go over to iTunes and leave us a review. I'm Joe Darnell. Thanks a bunch for listening to the Tectonic Podcast.